Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 695. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including postage and handling. I've got a message from chapter 12 of uh, 2 Corinthians. We've got, uh, I've got some music and letters. Right now, let's pray to the Lord. Father, I thank and praise your name, Lord, that you've given me all the signs and wonders and visions and dreams that uh, you've given me. But it isn't anything for my glory at all. It uh, is for revelation purposes to tell to other people, and that's it. I can't boast of anything. It's a gift you've given me to pass on to others. And therefore, I am nothing but you are God. You're my God, and you're the God of all flesh. Therefore, I pray in this program, Lord, that that will be revealed to people and that they will stop glorying in the things of this world because it will profit them nothing at the mercy seat of Christ or the judgment bar of God, but, Lord, that uh, they would receive you and that their glory will be in you, in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you'll rebuke Satan and lift us up in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says amen. Amen. All right, now here's Porter Wagner. He had a dream, and I believe it was really a dream. He didn't just write this. It's called The Dream. I had a dream the other night, the most beautiful dream I've ever had in my whole life. I dreamed that I went to heaven, and I seen some old friends of mine that I hadn't seen in a long time. They were friends that was like family to me that I used to play the Grand Ole Opry with. Now precious memories flood my soul. I couldn't hardly believe how great they all looked. They had all turned back the pages of time. God had made them all new and young again. In this place where they'll never grow old. And time will never end. There's no sickness in heaven. There was Roy and Oz. E.T. and Hank. I've never seen such a beautiful sight. Minnie Pearl, a beautiful girl. Johnny and June, Grandpa and Strang, they all were there that night. I've never seen such an all-star cast, this dream of mine. It was so real. Marty Robbins was there. Waylon, Chet, Bill Carlisle, and Elvis. They all were there. Patsy Cline, Skeeter Davis, Dottie West, Mother Maybell, and all the best were there. Some of my close friends from Bluegrass from many years ago. 
like Reno and Smiley, Mac McGahey, Benny Martin, Carter Stanley. They were playing a beautiful song titled Little Cabin Home on the Hill. And the duet that was singing it was the two guys that wrote it, Lester and Bill. This dream is one of my treasures I will keep the rest of my life. And uh, it's the only out-of-body experience I've ever known in my life. When I woke up from the dream, I got up and I knelt by the side of my bed. I thank God for allowing me this beautiful dream. Because I felt like I'd seen all of my friends that meant so much to me. And they were all like brand new. Grandpa Jones spoke to me and called me by a nickname that he gave me many years ago. He said, how are you, Leather? I'll never forget this dream. Thank you, God. Praise the Lord. Very nice recollection of this dream that Porter had. I am going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It is not expedient for me, verse 1, doubtless, but it's not profitable. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. Just because I will come to you, uh, come with visions and revelations of the Lord. It is doubtless, but not profitable for me to glory because of, uh, because uh, I still will come to more visions and revelations of the Lord. Now he's talking about this man that he met. He doesn't really know if he's in the body of Christ or if he's just a heretic. And a lot of people preach this as though this really was. But Paul is being facetious here. I knew a man in Christ above um, 14 years ago. Whether in uh, the body of Christ, I cannot tell, but he said he was of Christ, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. I just can't tell. Because this man is speaking things that are unlawful. God knoweth uh, such an one be caught up to the... Uh, He's saying, God knoweth that I don't know. That such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Hmm. I see. And I knew such a man, whether, again, he says, is in the body of Christ or out of the body, I cannot tell. This guy was really... A deceiver. God knoweth 
how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. So he's saying that, he's not saying this man is of the Lord, he's saying that he's unlawful. He's speaking things that are a lie. Of such a one, he's being facetious, he's just uh, kidding around here. Of such a one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory. Here's the one that wrote two-thirds or more of the New Testament. He says, such a one I will glory. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. God hasn't taken me on any trip into paradise, but I have lots of infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool or a crazy man, it says in the Spanish Bible. I will not be a crazy person. The uh, Bible says that if you don't believe the gospel, you're crazy. You're a crazy person, a fool, a crazy person has said in his heart that there is no God. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a crazy person and say things like this man said. For I will say the truth, not this big lie that this man said. But now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which be he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. He sees of me or hears of me. Verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that God has given me, I'm adding that God has given me, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. What is that thorn, people say? And then I heard somebody preaching this warmock that it wasn't bad eyes, but he he doesn't know, and uh, I do know. It's very hard for you to glory of somebody when you see them walking around kind of blind because, uh, and God does that to people because he wants people to know that they're not perfect uh, in the flesh, even though they're perfect in the scriptures. So people get it into their heads because they have to help these people around a little bit that they're not godly. But the thorn in his flesh was that he had bad eyes. God put scales over his eyes when he looked into the light of the Lord when he appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And when he went to Ananias to be prayed for where the Lord sent him, the scales fell off, but um, he uh, still had an impediment. He had eye problems which was a thorn in the flesh. He couldn't see if somebody was giving him a dirty look, if he was on the way. 
He couldn't tell if a snake bit him on the thumb or on the hand. He just shook it off. He thought maybe it was a spark from the fire because he couldn't see that well. The messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Well, that's me. I have so many uh, benefits from the Lord, so many blessings from him there, and so much uh, of the word of God. I, I don't I want to be exalted above measure, and the Lord doesn't want me to, so he gave me a thorn in my flesh. I'm legally blind. And now I've reached the age of 73 years old. So, you know, I can't see around. I have to walk slow because I've got a problem, a diabetes. You know, it's very hard if you I fall down and cut myself. It takes forever to heal up. And you could actually catch gangrene in it. So uh, people see all these things in me. And they say, he's nothing. He's nothing. Look at us. We're healthy. Uh, or it could be that you're healthy because you're nothing in the Lord. Uh, you haven't never really been given anything uh, special, such as the ability to preach or teach. Uh, you haven't been given miracles and signs and wonders. And so all you have is good health. And that's good if you want to live a long time. But if you're uh, living a long time and you're not doing anything for the Lord, it doesn't mean anything anyway. Verse 8. For this thing I besought, I, because of this eye problem that I have, I besought the Lord uh, thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. I mean, nobody likes to walk around uh, blind or almost blind. And he said unto me, I could heal you. I could heal you. But my power, my grace is sufficient for thee, for thee, and for anyone that's really of the Lord, that will take whatever cup he gives them to drink and drink it. And not murmur and complain and get angry at God because he doesn't heal you because what he's given us is exactly many times is just what we need. After all, the Apostle Paul, uh, he hasn't got any beef coming because he admitted that he was the world's worst sinner. And he would not was not able to see good in the spiritually at all when he was not saved. But now, even though he's blind, he sees uh, spiritually twenty twenty. He understands all things. So the Lord told him, "My grace is sufficient for you, buddy, bud." For my strength is made perfect in weakness. I mean, you see some of these blind people that don't murmur and complain about it. And here they can play piano. They can do all things that are not going to get them into heaven. But they, they have all kinds of different talent. Or like Ray Charles said, we became stone blind and 
he could still, he had all this emotion pent up into him. His um, voice, he didn't have a pretty voice, but he had a, a soul that was able to make that voice come out and do something to people. To move him, he sold a lot of records. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity. Uh, not just uh, infirmity, but infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So if you're of the Lord and you really are serving him with all your heart and soul and the Lord gives you some kind of an infirmity there or it's, he said, let Satan buffet you with an infirmity, then don't complain because the strength of the Lord, the power of Christ will be, I uh, will rest upon you. Therefore, I take pleasure in, in infirmities. Infirmities. Yeah, that means there's an uh, eye problem and anything else that might happen to me. In reproaches, where people don't like me, they hate me, they want to kill me. I take pleasure in that, and I do too. And it makes you to where you don't really care if you live or die. If I live, I live for Christ. And if I die, praise the Lord, I'll be in heaven, and that's where I want to be anyway. In reproaches, in necessities, in verse, I take pride. I, I just really uh, uh, take pleasure in these things, infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions. I love it. Pleasurable. In distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, he told me, then am I strong in the spirit. Not like the rest of the people in the world. They feel strong. Well, you see them in health spas uh, running on the uh, treadmill. I'm stronger than you or lifting more weight than you. If you're a godly person, I am become a fool, a crazy man to most people in this world. It's crazy by glorying in all these different things. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you, instead of you thinking I'm weak. For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. I'm nothing. It's expedient for me to uh, have these things, but not profitable. Verse 12. Truly, the signs of an apostle are wrought among you, are here among you in all patience, in signs and wonders, and mighty deeds that you see me do. Verse 13. For what is it wherein ye were inferior to other churches? Is there another church in the world that is more powerful than, uh, given, more power given to than you people? Except it be 
that I myself was not burdensome uh, to you? That's the question mark. Lord, give me this wrong that I haven't been burdensome to you. Because I don't want some of you weaklings in here to falsely accuse me that I'm living high on the hog with you people. Because I didn't burden you with anything. I paid for my own food and everything. Verse 14. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you. Don't think I'm coming over there to sponge off of you, folks. For I seek not yours. I don't want anything from you, but I you. That's what I'm there for. For the children ought not to lay aside or lay up for the par parents, but the parents for the children. Verse 15, And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. I'll die, if necessary, by coming there to you. And I'll spend on you, but you will not spend on me because I won't let you. Though the more abundantly I love you, or keep the commandments before you, the less I be loved. Because you can't take. You're not going to receive the things I say because they're the truth. And you um, heathen that are in the church uh, will not love me for that. You'll actually hate me. Verse 16, but be it so, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, in his words, he probably, he brought in more money in the church than all the rest of them put together. But be it so, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. I know you. Verse 17. Did I make a gain of you by any of them whom I sent unto you? Verse 18. I desired Titus, and with him I sent a brother. Did Titus make a gain of you? Walked we not in the same spirit? Walked we not in the same steps? Verse 19. Again, think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you? We speak before God in Christ. But we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying not for any gain from you. Verse 20, For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such, and I turn the page, as ye would not, lest there be 
debates. I'm not going to debate with you. I'm coming to preach. Debates and the envyings. Oh, you envy me because I have all these gifts, but I make myself nothing before you. I'm not taking anything from you. I'm teaching you the things of the Lord, and now you're going to envy me? Well, do you think that God is going to bless your spirit or your soul, or you're going to think that I'm a nothing when I'm the one that brought the gospel to you? Envyings, wraths, strifes, arguing with me. Nothing people in the church that would argue with him. Wraths, have wraths with him, strive with him. Backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults. Verse 21, and lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you and that I shall be well many which have uh, sinned already and have not repented of the uncleanness and the fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. You're going to hell. First, uh, chapter 13, this is the truth. Third time I am come, coming to you in the mouth of two witnesses, two or three witnesses shall every word be uh, established and confirmed. Verse 2, I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time and being absent now I write to you to them which heretofore have sinned and to all other that if I come again I will not spare because God will uh, do something to you through me verse 3 since ye seek a proof of Christ uh, speaking in me, which to you, word is not weak, but is mighty in you. Verse 4, For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. God raised him from the dead, and he lives forevermore. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. <laughs> that is, if you receive what I'm saying, and I mean everything that I'm saying. Verse 5. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith... Hmm, are you? Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you? Except you be reprobates. I'm not saying that Christ is in every one of you. I'm saying, if, I'm asking you, is he? 
verse 6. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates, that the Lord is in us. Verse 7. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, no kind of evil. Not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest. Because we know we're honest. But uh, I'm saying you better be also. Though we be as reprobates to you uh, within your backbitings and backbitings and whisperings. Verse 8, for we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. All we can do is for the truth, for Christ. Verse 9, for we are glad when we are weak, and ye are strong. And this also we wish even your perfection is what we want. Verse 10, Therefore I write these things, uh, being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness, uh, lest I come with a rod, according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. The Lord loves those that he chases, and if the Lord tells me, he says, to chasten you, I will. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Well, wait a minute. Stanley uh, tells us that we can't be perfect. Nobody is. God doesn't command you to be anything that you can't be. Finally, brethren, if you're of the Lord, farewell. Be, this is a commandment, be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. That means peace between you and God. And if you're at peace with the brothers and sisters, then you are at peace with the Lord. And the God of love, who is also a God of wrath, I might add, and peace shall be with you. Verse 12, greet one another with an holy kiss. That means say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, brother. Verse 13, all the saints salute you. Verse 14, the grace or the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Okay, now we're going into the book of Galatians where the Apostle Paul was writing a... Um, so he's actually talking about how he can, how uh, can you uh, uh, earn salvation? Is it by anything that you've done? No, before we've done anything that is godly, uh, we can't do anything to earn salvation. The only thing we can do to earn it is to come to the Lord, 
humbly and ask him, uh, tell him that you're sorry for your sins and that you want to repent and that you will live a godly life when he puts the spirit in you, giving you the power to be able to do that. What uh, And then you, you want to know what requirements does God make for my life with him? Well, the scriptures tell you, what is the spirit-filled life? What's that like? Around after the death of Christ, which is around 40, uh, 80, 48 after the death of Christ, Paul wrote a um, church in Asia Minor, defining the Christian gospel. Against claims made by preachers who wanted the gospel to include more Jewish elements. Paul lifted legalistic requirements from believers and told them to live the life the Spirit led them to lead, uh, to lead to uh, in faith commitment to Christ and of course the gospel is the same to anyone you have to walk in the Spirit that's how you do it the spirit of, uh, or the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So Galatians shows God gives salvation through faith in Christ without requiring slavery to any legalistic actions. Even though we must be a legal, in the spirit. Uh, we have to know how to war. It's illegal. That is legal. And a lot of these people today are saying we're not preaching legalism and they don't really preach anything. Uh, that would give reason for boasting. We can't say that we come up with some new way on how to serve the Lord because uh, the way to serve the Lord is clearly written. Okay, so Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. It wasn't man that came and preached to him on the road to Damascus. It was the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, amen. that appeared to him. And he told him he was doing wrong things and that he better... Stop it because it's very hard to kick against thorns because if you're kicking against God or coming against him, you're trying to beat a cactus with billions of thorns on it and they're going to go into your flesh and then into your soul, into your spirit, and you're going to die. Uh, so, not a man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. And God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. Verse 2. 
and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. He says in verse 3, Grace, in other words, power be to you and peace from God the Father. Well, how do you have peace from God the Father? As you do everything he says, and his wrath will not be upon you, but his peace, you'll have peace with God. That doesn't mean there's going to be peace in this world because there certainly is not going to be peace in this world except those of us that have peace with God. And that's the best kind of peace to have because these uh, false preachers and teachers today and the anti-Christ cult in Rome and its government and its media is trying to say the way to have peace is for you to join the Catholic cult, the Buddhists, uh, and all the other witchcraft people that have joined the Catholic cult, which is the one world, supposed to be church, but it's the one world cult. And uh, then there'll be peace on earth. This will never happen because the Lord tells us to be separate, not to have anything to do with cults. Okay, grace be to you and peace from God, the Father, and from our Lord, Jesus Christ. So what's the difference between God and Jesus Christ? Well, God uh, became uh, flesh. Jesus, the word, became flesh, and he was a man. Jesus really was a man. And the spirit that was in him was God, because God cannot... Um, he doesn't have an image. The image that God has is Christ. And the image that God has is we're fashioned in the image and likeness of Christ. And so if you want to know what God looks like, look at the person that's sitting next to you. He is a human being. So God, the Spirit, raised Jesus, the man who had the Spirit of God in him, as you do if you're saved, uh, that's the difference, is that he's still God, and we are members of God. As a matter of fact, we're the fullness of God because his spirit lives in us. And if his spirit, if God, who is the fullness of himself, lives in us, then we become the fullness, the whole body of Christ, uh, which is God's body. Uh, we all are partakers in his uh, spirit. And so, from God the Father, the Spirit, who is the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ taught us that I'm a man. I'm the Son of Man. I'm born um, into this world by the Spirit of God through a virgin. And uh, I have the Spirit of God, and you also have the Spirit of God if you receive me as to what I'm saying. Uh, but um, if you don't do what I say, then I know that God is not in you. When you ask me to come into your heart, when I uh, raised from, was raised from the dead by the Spirit of God, and then I was taken, a few days later, I was taken up into the kingdom of heaven, I became the life-giving spirit. So now Jesus is not only a man that's sitting on the throne in the kingdom of heaven. He's a God-man. 
and also he became the Holy Spirit, the life-giving Spirit. So he became the Spirit, which God is the Spirit. And he became the life-giving Spirit. When we pray to him, the Spirit of God comes down into us, actually the kingdom of God, because God is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. So God says Jesus Christ is the boss because he's the first one that was begotten of the Father. And therefore he's the first one that was raised from the dead and entered into heaven and ascended from this earth. So really he's God. He is also man, God-man. Because he wants us to know that if we have the Spirit of God in us, that we also shall raise from the dead. Unless you're a reprobate. If you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you're a reprobate. Rejected of God. Because only the Spirit of God is the power. And Christ is the Spirit of God. He's the life-giving Spirit. Again, I say it. So God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, the boss who is the first one and showed us that, hey, if the Spirit of God is us, we can do everything Jesus did. Well, but my faith doesn't reach that far, you say. Well, then study the Bible, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So you'll have that same kind of power, because he said all those that are born again of the Spirit and have faith, these signs shall follow. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. We'll cast out demons. We'll raise the dead. We'll do all these things. So uh, the Lord doesn't try to make it look as though we don't have the same power of him if we have the power of God in us. If we have the power of God in us, we can do all things through Christ who liveth in us. And Christ actually is the life-giving spirit or the quickening spirit. He's God. He's the Father. He's the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. What a God that he gave himself while we were sinners. And there's a lot of Christians that still, they've fallen back into the world, fallen back into the flesh, and they're forgetting God. That he's watching everything and he's all-powerful, almighty, who gave himself for our sins. What a God that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. God and our Father. Well, why does he call us a Father? He said he calls us also his sons and his daughters, if we're walking in the uh, law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the same spirit of life that was in Christ Jesus when he was here on earth. And he said that if we die, that uh, if that spirit was in us when we die, and we could die any minute, then that same spirit will raise us up from the dead on the last days and take us right into heaven where God is, he's in our heart, and Jesus is in our heart, but he'll take us to live forevermore in a place where it is absolute peace. 
and heavenly pleasure. Verse 5. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Or amen. Whatever you prefer. Verse 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the power of Christ unto another gospel. Well, wait a minute. There's no other gospel. Which is not another gospel. But there be some that trouble you and would uh, pervert the truth of Christ, the gospel of Christ, the truth of Christ. Verse 8, but though we or an angel from heaven, and that's a small h, preach any other gospel unto you that than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. In other words, anyone that preaches any other word that no one can be perfect, you're cursed. Stanley, you're cursed. And so are all the rest of you that say these things. Verse 9, as we said before, we apostles, so say I now again. If any man, I don't care who you think he is or what he is or whatever, preach any other gospel to you, unto you, than that ye have received from us. Let him be accursed. You're accursed, you phonies, you false preachers and teachers. Verse 10, for, and do I, uh, am I going to uh, agree with them so that you'll think that I'm of the Lord? I don't, I know they're not of the Lord, and neither are you if you believe them. So repent and believe the gospel. For do I now persuade men or God? I'm out to persuade God that I'm of the Lord because Men are not going to let me into the kingdom of heaven, and men are not going to send my soul to hell. They're not. So I'm persuading God that I am of him by preaching the truth. Or do I seek to please men? Why? Because God said, he says, um, cease ye from men. I mean, stop paying attention to men who has only one breath in his nose or his for how little is he to be accounted of? This is a big body of flesh, and in that body is one breath. And God can just so easily take that breath right out of you and cast it right into hell. For if I yet pleased man, I should not be the servant of Christ. Verse 11, if I please mother or father or my sisters or my brothers, I have no sisters, but I'm talking to you. I love my mother, no matter what she is or was or is going to be. And I love my sisters because we came out of the same womb. You cursed weasel, you that thinks such a thing as that. 
I could care less. If my brother wants to go to hell, let him go. If my sons or daughters want to go, they have to go because I'm not going their way. I'm the servant of Christ. Verse 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Praise the Lord for you, Apostle Paul. Praise the Lord for you. Now I have to turn the page. Verse 12. For I neither received it of man. I didn't receive the gospel by man. The Lord came and got me himself because I don't believe men. I don't believe women. I believe women. Not at all. Neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus. Praise God. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, now I'm going to stop here at verse 13 because... uh, We have some letters. Uh, Where's the first one from? From Loretto, Peru. Let me hear it. Translated from Spanish. Beloved servant of God, Tony Alamo, I thank God for your literature that you sent me. It is a blessing to be able to receive your literature. I just finished distributing your literature to the leaders of my church, and we are all studying them. The truth is, it encourages us greatly. For us, this is something new that we've never heard said by the Holy Spirit. Right, because you're probably Catholics. Most of you people in these Latin countries are Catholics. And we don't hate Catholics. You know, there's a word out that I hate Catholics. I just hate the doctrine. I'm just preaching the gospel to you. Keep the commandments of the Lord so that your souls will be saved, okay? Then what? Because I love everybody that Christ created, and I'm just preaching the gospel to get you to believe. Because if you don't believe, you can't be saved. Okay, what else? This is something new that we've never heard said by the Holy Spirit, but we know that it comes from God. And everything from God is good for all Christians who serve God with all their heart. Your testimony shook my heart. We are praying that God allows us to harvest many souls in Iquitos, Peru, where I live. May God keep blessing your life and your ministry. Pastor Nestor Andres from Loreto, Peru. All right. Praise the Lord. So um, right now is the time to pray. We're out of time for this program, 695. And so let's uh, let let God, let Christ, through God, Christ, enter into our life. Uh, say to the Lord, say to God through Jesus, my Lord and my God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former sins. And I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Thank you, Lord, for entering into me, Father God, for entering into me and washing me in Holy Spirit. You said that everyone that calls on you shall be saved. Therefore, I believe you. Therefore, I know that you've heard me, and I know that you've answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just raise up your hands and praise and thank the Lord. 
and uh, give all the glory to the Lord. And uh, Sharon, tell everyone in our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 695. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another powerhouse message from the Lord. And... Um, Here's uh, J.D. Sumner to sing for you, Old Man D. Okay, old boy, your time is up. You're to come and go with me. Oh, I'll admit that I'm scared, but I'm holding to my wife's little hand. But I said, okay, Mr. Death, but before I go, there's something you got to understand. You don't scare me none. I got a friend who's going with me. He walked up Calvary's Hill 2,000 years ago and paid the price of sin and he arose from that old grave do you understand me and he's coming back again when I've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun I'll have no less days to sing God's praise than when I first begun oh I can see old Jordan but I have Jesus by the hand this is why you hold no fear for me. Do you understand? Now go ahead and take this old body, but you can't touch my soul. It belongs to Jesus, and over him you have no control. Mr. Death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, thy victory. 
Let's go now. I want to rest in the arms of Jesus throughout eternity. When the darkness I see He'll be waiting for me I won't have to cross Jordan Oh